and I know that you're going whole time, man. Shawty, but you said that you're going. And I it's six o'clock. It's Friday. That's no, not Friday night. It's Monday. I don't know what day it is. It's a day of the week. It's Monday. You know why I'm confused? Because it's the 5th of November and we just had the most pointless thing in the whole universe to ever occur once a year. Yeah, the time changing. What the fuck, man? It's only 6 o'clock. It feels like it's 7 o'clock. Yeah, because this weekend it was 7 o'clock and now it's 6 o'clock. Because what? Farmers? Like, come on. We're San Francisco. We should be able to decide whatever fucking time we want. We wake up at 11. Let's make 11 o'clock the new 8 a.m. Why don't we just decide as a city? Fuck this whole, oh, California says that we're going to do the, not do the time change. Let's vote tomorrow if the state wants it. Fuck the state. San Francisco, let's come together. We got a couple solvable problems. One of them, there's only one in and out in San Francisco. What the fuck is wrong with us? Why aren't we voting on that tomorrow? Number two, fucking time-changing bullshit. San Francisco, I say 11 o'clock is the new 8 o'clock. Let's all just change it. What's the point? Like, really? Oh, it gets to be late in the morning now. I say, let it be late at night, because I'm only allowed to drink whiskey after dark, and it gets dark way too fucking early for me now. Damn it. Uh, this is the Joke Workshop here on Mutiny Radio. Um, everyone's outside, even the first comedian, although it's 6 there you go. She's here. I'm sorry. I can't see. I, I have blinders on. Literally, the wall is my blinder. I'm a dick. Uh, hey, everybody. This is the Joke Workshop. So it's four-minute sets. Uh, well, we have to leave the door open because the show doesn't really happen unless there's people here to listen to the comedians. Like, me and Chris can totally talk about Natasha's jokes and it would be awesome. But I just don't know if it'd be as... as to, uh, tell them... Like, go outside and tell them to come in. I'll, I'll, I'll filibuster for a second about things like what we do here at the Joke Workshop every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. So comedians do four minutes of material at three minutes... <laughs> They hear that noise. It says, hey, this is what a minute feels like. Just for new comics that are coming up. Not all, Some of the comics have been doing this forever. They know what a minute feels like. But what we have is comics in the room taking notes, paying attention, and helping that comic on stage uh, and saying really whatever. And if people don't have anything to say and you're a comic on stage, use that four minutes to ask them questions. Like, it's your time. Don't just dump out. Unless you want to, unless you're a coward. That's fine, too. But uh, you get four minutes and then four minutes of commentary there's microphones positioned around the room please take advantage of those and thanks so much for being here at Mutiny Radio also don't forget there's a little donation bucket up front because rent is real and this is San Francisco and you know what's going to be super exciting if people vote tomorrow on making all those big companies pay for the homeless people yeah yeah uh, yes on C please Twitter made $601 million last year, and after that first $50 million, we should be able to tax them uh, for the poop on the street that they just fucking complain about. Oh, why is there poop on the street? I just don't want to do anything about it. Well, vote tomorrow, and we're going to make them do something about it. Ha! Suck it, Twitter. Uh, your first comedian of the night. So glad that she's here. Put your hands together for Natasha Vinick. Always wanted to Hello. Uh, do your parents, did they ever lie to you? Yeah? No? Mine lied to me a lot. They said stuff like, you'll grow into your hair. <laughs> Not true. They also said Hebrew is a dead language and no one speaks it anymore. 
but I went to Israel a couple years ago <laughs> and I found out that wasn't true <laughs> the hard way. They also said, uh, you can do anything, a lie. They also said, I'll be back, also. <laughs> a lie, dad, also a lie. I uh, just got broken up with and um, I really miss the feeling of like having someone like warm you up in the bed, you know? It's real cold. So I've taken to peeing the bed lately. <laughs> Very warm. <laughs> Very warm. <laughs> uh, my family is filled with deceit. Uh, my, uh, my mom's from Peru, Catholic. My father is from South Africa, racist. Um, <laughs> But uh, he's actually Jewish. He's Jewish. There's a large Jewish South African community. And my mom, uh, Peruvian Catholic, she converted to Judaism for my dad. And, um, you know, converting to Judaism at her age is like a lot. Like she did all the things that you have to do to convert to Judaism besides getting circumcised. Because uh, you don't have to do that as an adult. Um, if she was a baby, she still wouldn't have had to do it, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, my dad being a Jewish means he's a practicing atheist, like all Jews, um, but what's nice about being a practicing atheist is it doesn't take much practice. <laughs> you just have to like look at the news or your Tinder matches and it's pretty obvious that there's no God. Um, I'm a agnostic, which you could argue are the bisexuals of religion. I'm not gonna argue it much further. Um, I went on birthright a few years ago where I learned that um, Israel translates to struggle with God, which I didn't need someone to tell me because it was basically like, Israel? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> uh, Judaism and Christianity, there's like a, a way bigger barrier to entry with Judaism. It's like a whole lot of work to convert to Judaism, but after you convert, it's very easy to just chill and do fuck all, which is the opposite of Christianity. You basically say like, you just go swimming and then suddenly you're a Christian, right? Easy. Um, what I like though, about being Jewish is that the lack of commitment is baked into the name. You're like, I'm Jewish. <laughs> Pretty chill. Pretty chill. Um, my, uh, I, that, that's all I had. Can I, I'm, I did it. <laughs> did the thing. Thank you so much, you guys. Yay! Natasha Vinick. Hey, that last joke, that Jewish, is a, a fantastic punchline, and I would stretch it out more with lots of things like, other ish words before you do mm. Jewish, like I don't know other ish things. Yeah. Before like you punch, because that's a really funny punchline. Cool. Maybe even things that are jappy that make you more Jewish. You know, like huh. a Jap J Jewish American princess. Uh. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> I meant. <laughs> It's a double slur. That's why it's so much fun. <laughs> it's a double entendre of slurring. <laughs> it was great. It was a great set, though. Cool. Thank you. Other comments from the people. If, if people aren't being forthcoming, you can, you. you can, like, 
negotiate it too and say like, what do you think about this? What was that? Oh my, what you? Go ahead. Fuck, amateur. Those are really solid jokes. I liked them a lot. Um, You're like trying to let it hit land, but you're also trying to get the next joke. But they're really good. What do you think about my really important peeing the bed joke? (laughs) It's okay. Oh, you didn't like it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I I I think that peeing the bed jokes will resonate more with women rather than men because a they'd never admit it and that so they, they can't just have even more control too i mean it just depends how much you drink honestly for me that's... <laughs> all right awesome thank you so much that you on the wood but you yay natasha Vinick. oh and it ran up here in the joke workshop uh so yeah everybody the more that you participate the better the show will be your next comedian what a gem uh he has been making a movie are you still making a movie or is it done no both of you are making movies which is crazy there's actually two comedians here tonight who are both making like either tv shows or movies but your next and both of them have interviewed me so it's been very exciting uh, but your next comedian a, a lovely man everybody put your hands together for Chris Holstein hey thank you for having me Pam thank you Mutiny Radio um, I've been seeing a lot of comedians talk about like dating and hooking up and honestly I don't have amazing stories about either of those things uh, but I will tell you the one story I have that's super awkward because my dating hookup uh, story is very different from everybody else's. Uh, let me walk you back almost two decades now. I was in college. I was uh, in the dorms, living in the dorms, and uh, a girl in the dorms asked me to help her study. And I did because I'm a nice guy. But <laughs> uh, let, me walk you, let me walk back first. And clarify that I am not very good with social cues. Like I have borderline Asperger's disease. Um, I I don't know when people are sincere or when they're not sincere. Um, on an animal level, it's almost as if if a woman, if a person was like presenting to me, I wouldn't know what's going on. I, I I'm not very good with like the mating dances of, of humans at all. So I get to this girl's room, and she's very cute, and uh, she closes the door. She turns on some music and starts singing to me. She's playing a hookup track. Now, what do y'all play when you're trying to hook up with people? What kind of music do, you peop- do people like to listen to? Right, like R&B, right? Like Boys to Man, Whitney Houston? Sure. Hey, this was two decades ago, Rachel. <laughs> No, well, she didn't use any of those tracks. She actually went with Easy E. It wasn't subtle. She went with Gimme That Nut <laughs> with a chorus line for those who have never heard that song. It's a, again, it's a really clever song. The chorus goes, Gimme Dat, Dat, Dat Nut. Gimme Dat, Dat, Dat Nut. And it just repeats over and over and over for like five minutes. It's a really good song. Uh, <laughs> But uh, do you know what this uh, fucking rube whose face is my face did? Do you know what this loser waste of space who went to college as a virgin did? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. We didn't fuck. We didn't take off our clothes. We didn't make out. I was completely oblivious to what was going on. I was just mostly confused as to why we weren't studying. And again, this girl was really fucking cute. So 
Eggs on my face for missing out on the opportunity. But that's basically the story of my entire life. Like I have missed out on so many great opportunities because I don't take risks. I'm super uptight. Um, I do have a bad back, and I started seeing a chiropractor. The chiropractor took x-rays, said that my spine is too straight. That's how uptight I am. My spine is too straight. This is a true story. I will show you the x-ray. He said I have the spine of a 50-year-old. So if I act like I'm uptight... You gotta, you gotta give me a break because I have a stick up my ass, everybody. It's called my spine. And, <laughs> and it's straighter than Tom Cruise or Mike Pence. They're super straight, right? Those guys? All right, thanks. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to, <laughs> that's just a little uh, personal story because I know everyone's always talking about how much they hook up with people and I don't really have any of those stories. So uh, I'm going to close out and say that, you know, there's a girl out there who once tried to hook up with me and uh, I'm really sorry that it didn't work out, but I'm really grateful that I didn't get AIDS. Thank you very much, Muni Radio. Yay! He didn't get AIDS because he was sexually active in the 90s. Yay! That's what we were all taught. Yay! Do you remember? You guys don't remember. <laughs> I remember. I remember Easy e Yeah! That was really funny. And I like how you brought two decades back. At the beginning, I was like, two decades? What the fuck? You look so young. You have to have references. I feel like even before you let it go with the two decades, you can switch the joke around so that you talk about some 90s references. Like, you did it, but I felt like, don't tell a, like, give the, give the references first and then let a punchline be two decades so that because no one's gonna believe right off the bat that you're I mean seriously it's insane it's really funny it's a great it's I'm a great through 30s. line you look I know and I know you have a child and everything but you look so young um, and then you brought it around with the hookup track from the 90s which was awesome and uh, I was like yeah 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 and I thought and I wrote you took too long to get I was like oh I'm so glad you got there but you took too long to get there give me that nut 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 we're studying what do you want peanuts cashews what's wrong with you I felt like you could extend that out, like, that you didn't get it. Sure. Like, you heard, give me that nut, nut, nut. And you're like, oh, this, like, I love cashews. This is, cal we're studying for calculus, right? Or, like, show us how you're inept. Oh, and I loved that you did an Asperger's thing, but you, you could have a joke there. We didn't recognize that in the 90s. That was just called being a dork. Mm. We, like, we didn't have autism in the 90s. You were just a loser, you know? It's like, <laughs> no, it's, I'm, so, I'm sorry, not you. I mean... No, I know. I okay, know, I know. cool. I, I really enjoyed your set, though. Like the, Everywhere you're going is super awesome. Thank you, Pam. Um, just to add to that, I like Pam's uh, tag. Like, I mean, like going off the nut and nerd and being socially awkward. But you could also be like, um, I can't give you a nut because I have a peanut allergy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really not like driving home the fact. Yeah, you get the joke. Right? I don't have to explain it. Right, I can tag it. Okay, sure. I I really like that hookup thing. I I've known you for a while. Like I feel I feel like that fits your character. You know? Yeah. It and does. I, I mean that in like the best possible way. Like um. No, I know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I ate some really spicy food, and the guy across the street told me like you should worry about it, and that was your eyes. Like, you're crying right now. I am. <laughs> I am. And I'm gonna finish with the fucking commentary. Holy shit! <laughs> go, like take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love spicy food. All right. I don't care if I'm sweating. I'm like dabbing off. Doesn't sweat love right you. Now. Oh, I know it doesn't. God damn it. 
I'm gonna come back to you <laughs> like a week from now, and I'm gonna remember it because right now I'm having your a fucking face panic is attack. sweating. You have I a know. lot of sweat on your face. I know. I'm gonna go outside, smoke a cigarette. And You're gonna have a hallucination. Down. Yeah. All cool. Right. I will remember it later. I need to ask Pam something really quick. Thanks, Hunter. I'll remember. I'm so helpful. Super. All right. Anyone else? <laughs> Should I name? Should I should I name actual songs first, or should I ask, ask the audience? It's a bit hard. I don't know what hookup tracks are. I, Boys Men comes to mind, but which is perfect. The Boomerang soundtrack. I'm sorry, I'm eating, so it's crazy. But throw out anything from the '90s: the House Party 2 soundtrack, like Pajama oh, Jammy Jam over at my, you know. All right. Bone Thugs and Harmony. I don't know. <laughs> Bone thugs and well, harmony. Fair. Well, fair, Carol. <laughs> That's nineties, right? That's nineties. That was nineties. <laughs> I, I, I kind of remember it now. Like when you're talking about that whole nut thing, nuts are considered brain food. So why? I think it'd be funny if you say you brought your own ah. and just pull out like a thing of cashews or something. All right. You know? Yeah, that could work. That's good. Because brain food is food for your head, and you were trying to get head. I don't know. There's got to be some kind of. I wish I got. He was trying. That was awesome, though. Everybody, is there any other comments, or we can all clap wildly? Clap wildly for Chris Olsen. In the fields tonight, we're listening to Ace the Rapper. He's a rapper from um, Oakland. Yay, Oakland's cool. I don't have, um, can you push the list up to the glass? Like if it's like hot titties and you're pushing it up to the glass and you're like, number three. It's, oh, and he's doing it himself. Hey, I'm excited for your next comedian. Put your hands together for Hunter Uniac. Talking all that tough shit. Till you link up, you a little bitch. Come to my face. I guess I'm next. All right, what was I going to say? Shit, I've been sweating. I really thought that fucking... Like, uh, this is a white guy, I don't know if it's white guy guilt, but like, the dude at the uh, taqueria said like, hey, you shouldn't get two spicy tacos, I'm worried for you. And I told him, go fuck yourself, I'm a man. And I did it, and now I forgot my whole set that I want to tell you guys right now. Like, this is not a good thing. Holy fucking shit. If you want to ask, I, I know what you guys are going to give me for like the four minute critique. Stop sweating so much. It's not going to fucking happen. Uh, thank you so much for bringing those muffins. Like that calmed me down a little bit. I had things. I have things to say right now, people. What do I do? I picked up a second job. I'm a barista now. That kind of sucks. I see you guys are nodding already. Like fuck yeah, barista. For what? Why? Why? It's a shit job. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm at this age right now. I'm 24 years old, which means I'm old enough to be considered an adult. I'm old enough to be considered a fuck up in life, but young enough to not be considered an adult. Let me guys. Let me give you guys an example. Um, when I tell people I work in fast foods, holy shit, that spice went down in the back of my throat. God damn, that's gonna be a horrible set. <coughs> Fuck. Okay. Like when I tell people I uh, work in fast food, they look at me and go, "Oh, you're a fuck up." But when I tell people I do stand-up comedy, they think I'm gonna make it. You know, it's insane, guys. It is. It is. Like people give baristas too much credit for life, and I don't like it. All right, like I work in fast foods. Tell me, what are the, what's the difference between these two phrases? Would you like fries with that, sir? Would you like whipped cream with that, sir? Fucking nothing. Baristas are so pretentious. Like, you guys ever get like a piece of coffee, like some coffee, and uh, it has like an art, like a heart or like a tree, you know, like made on like the top of it? Yeah. You guys love that shit, don't you? No, you don't. Why? Because as soon as you get that, you put a lid over it and walk a fuck away from the guy that made it. 
I have little brothers. They've made spaghetti art. That shit stays on the fridge for a fucking month. As soon as you get that coffee, you put it on there, put a straw on there, and go, I'm fucking gone. It's weird, though, guys. When I started off this bit, it became like barista hate speech, and I really think we need more of that. You know, like, I'm not hating a specific race. I'm just hating people that choose what they do with their lives. All right, that's too much. That is. We're having fun, though, guys. I, um, what else, guys? I went to L.A. Just came back from L.A. That was fun. I'm like, I went to for a music festival, which I think is stupid. And this is how I know I like I'm, comedy is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, even if I don't get successful or not. Because all my friends are like, Hunter, it's two hours away until we're going to our music festival. It's called Escape. What are you going to do? And I'm going to do exactly that. I said goodbye to all my friends, commuted two and a half fucking hours to L.A. for a, a set in front of like two comics, which made me feel really at home. And I took a three-hour fucking commute back to L.A. for that fucking music festival. It was completely worth it. None of this is funny. I'm just telling you I don't have any other life expectancies besides comedy. The only thing that's left is the next set. That's it. That's it. You taught my brother. You are proud of him. Now you're looking at me going, God damn it. No wonder he's successful. His older brother's a fuck up. <laughs> All right. I had so many things to say, but then like hot sauce. You guys know that hot sauce actually gets you high? And I think this is like the first type of high I've experienced on this stage. It's weird. It's weird. All right. I had things to say. I, I, I wasted this set, guys. I did. Fucking critique me about how I shouldn't be sweating as much. Talk about how I'm a failure in life. I want to hear it. From all of you. That's my time. Give it going. Yay! Hunter Union! Oh. Questions! Just kidding. Uh, where'd you get that t spicy taco? Across the street. Seriously? Do you have more of that salsa? Well, I'll eat bit, that yeah. fucking salsa. A little bit. Oh, hell yeah. yeah I won't get into that. I, wanna, I love hallucinating. <laughs> I know I do. And I've, I've hallucinated on a hot sauce before. Absolutely. Uh, looks like you have other comments. I have comments. It looks like the, no, no one does anyone have. I, yeah, go ahead. Go up there. I've, I've got comments too, but go ahead. Um, so I, I really liked the uh, comparing baristas to fast food. Um, and I think you could get into like ketchup art or, um, you know, having like the open mic or like the art on McDonald's or like you some mean, kind of. Yeah, you mean yeah. like the shit I used to like paint on my parents' walls as a three year old? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. making more of those parallels. Like me funny. Mm, you're right. You're right. I, I was thinking that, um, so you kind of ask the question, that, but you don't answer it, of why do people like art on their coffee? And then I felt like it's almost a philosophical question that you could get farther with and kind of elevate your set by bringing it to a philosophical letter, level. Like, is coffee art art? Especially when people just cover it right up and drink it right away. Like, it is probably the most ephemeral art. Is one person makes something for someone else and then they just make it disappear. You're right. And, then, and then you talk about how comedy, and comedy's not even an art yet. Like, comedy's not even, like, accepted. At, like, I feel like you can... Just That's talk philosophically like, about art. I always think about like art snobs. They always like look at a piece of painting and they're like make up a random shit. I feel like the biggest art snob would be like as soon as they see a painting, they don't look at it, you know, or something like I don't know. Okay, it's, that was a but phil phil philosophically though with the. It's called coffee art. Fuck them for having art. It's art. You're a stand-up comedian, and that's not an art. And yet, oh, the, the thing yeah. that you put on the coffee that gets immediately covered up and then drank, the ephemery of that, and yet your jokes are being recorded right now, and that's nothing. That's not art. The, the hours that you spent crafting these amazing jokes, and the seconds that they spent spitting their <laughs> cum on a go, yeah. top of a coffee cup. Well, no, they're like spitting like milk cum on a coffee cup. And what's <laughs> the difference between that and your jokes? I just think if you went like... 
I think you could bring your anger. So your anger right now is at this like. At the barista itself. I should be talking right. about the substance. You're right. right. Okay. It's, it's, okay. You're angry because of the people that are tipping and they're saying they're tipping two extra dollars to have this stuff on their coffee that's meaningless. But when you're at an open mic in LA and you pass a hat around, you can't get 50 cents. You're right. Yeah. So I think that your anger can is directed in a good way, but it can be farther. You, you could open your scope of anger. You're right, yeah. Because I remember when I first did this, you told me this is hate speech and I should stop. You know, <laughs> but like, no, no you're, you're right. You're right. If I angle it a certain way, yes, people would be on board because yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm gonna. <laughs> I need the, to work on this. But it gives, it's a great concept. You're there, like the whole, and your anger is real, which means it's got to be a good place to come from. The <laughs> awkward silence says no. No, I think I think it's I think it's unusual. no. But you're right, Pam. Yeah, like it's. I gotta get some. Does anybody? Um, I riffed a lot. Um, I didn't even talk about dogs. Okay, that was the one thing I wanted to work. Did anybody think I went too overboard with my anger? Was anybody put off? You just yell it out. You want, you get a little bit. Okay, feeling. okay, but like I should pull back a little bit. Either it's all or nothing, man. Like you're right. You're right. But and the, it, it's a great concept because also like and you can bridge it back that. You're a mil- young millennial guy. Like these are the jobs that you have access to. You can either work in fast food or you could work as a barista. Like how are they different? Like the but the anger. You can also direct the anger at the system. Like that this is what I have to choose from. All right, that's a good way to go. I'm gonna write about that. Anybody else? I mean, I, I think from my, from what I can tell, like when you present yourself as someone who's angry, you. It has to be against something that other people aren't are also angry about. And you, all you said was that you have a second job as a barista, and I think most people would be happy enough to have a job, right? I mean, it, it is kind of it does sound, sound a like bit my like dad, shit. It does sound like <laughs> shitty, right? Um, but I think also like you also have to show vulnerability as well if you want to be if you want to be angry, you have to show that like either there's something foolish or you know uh, or just a little bit of softness in some aspect. Do you know what mm. I mean? I was raised Irish Catholic. I don't. <laughs> all right well that's my time no, he's hard right. as a rock right. there's something there i should be sensitive on stage also just just for your own um if you have time on tuesday mornings between 10 and noon there's free therapy here at the station <laughs> and you can call in at 415-550-0511 and renee mckenna will give you free therapy it's amazing she'll get right into your anger she's amazing <laughs> she like she like diagnosed my issues so quickly and i was like what the fuck so you could always you could always call in here and get <laughs> And talk about your anger issues. Cause I'm gonna call in. You're gonna be like, "That's fucking Hunter." As soon as you hear my no, voice, no, it's fine. You can have a fake name. Everyone is everyone is equal on free therapy. Huh. Uh, Hunter, that was really funny. I'm I'm excited about where you're gonna go with this this rant. Thank you, Pam. Yeah. Thank you. And and if you have some of that salsa, bring it in. I will. I will. We'll take a shot together. Right, everybody, right. hun- everybody, put your hands together. For Pam. No, oh, hun- for, for, for Hunter. For Hunter. Applaud for Hunter. Yeah. All right, your next comedian. Uh, his last n- name looks like Milbray. Jacob Milbray. McHenry, McHenry. It's my sloppy handwriting now. Uh, I kind of wanted to start my uh, start off by talking about Berkeley because I, I know they're. Uh, 
going through uh, a tough time right now. I saw in the news that uh, they have been mourning the loss of a, of a pine tree that just died, um, which is it's a completely true story. I know it, uh, it sounds like a joke, uh, uh, but it's, uh, it's not. Uh, it's just a joke uh, to everyone else but Berkeley. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> they, they were uh, visiting it and they're uh, paying their respects to uh, the tree, which at this point, I'm really not surprised by anything Berkeley does. Like, anytime you think that there's no possible way Berkeley could become more Berkeley, uh, they manage to surprise you uh, every time, man. Uh, I uh, recently found out one of my co-workers is a shaman, one of those uh, medical spiritual healers, um, which is weird because this guy is a white guy from Minnesota, not who you think would be a shaman, right? Which got me curious, uh, what does it take to become a shaman? And uh, I talked to him, I found out in case if you guys are interested, uh, it comes down to two things. Uh, one, you have to have drugs, uh, mushrooms, but more importantly, you have to uh, be willing to call yourself a shaman whenever you talk to people. Otherwise, there's no indistinguishable factor between you and someone who just sells drugs. I, uh, you guys heard that uh, in the next Superman movie, Superman might be black, uh, which has got uh, people going like crazy online, getting angry. And by people, I mainly mean just white people which is like I understand because like black people have taken over sports and now it seems like we're going after their imaginations too right <laughs> but I like if there's a black Superman we don't like there's nothing to worry about like for real like if there is a black Superman I the thing that I'm concerned about if there's a black Superman is who that next Superman's going to be because if we've realized anything <laughs> Lately, if you've had nothing but white guys doing a certain thing and you throw one black dude in the mix, that next white dude's gonna be crazy, man. <laughs> Just gonna be flying around, beating the shit out of Mexican and Muslims because he thinks they're bad hombres. I saw some craziness the other day in a Burger King parking lot. Uh, there was these two big chicks just in a full-on fist fight just really putting heat hitting each other i saw a burger fly soda was going all over the place a wig came off and then i noticed there was like an unattended child in a stroller just right next to them which uh it hit me right there i was like man i just been standing here watching this whole thing go down and i haven't done anything and i'm for the first time in my life I felt like I was one of those shitty millennials, um, and I felt disappointed because that whole entire time I could have been recording it. So, I, you know, I'm something I have to live with. Uh, this actually, this weekend I've been dealing my, with my mom, who's a crazy person. She's a hoarder for real. Like her house is just packed with junk. 
which uh, when I was there, I was like trying to find the bathroom because uh, it's been like five years and I still don't know the layout of the place. And uh, as I was trying to find the bathroom, I knocked down a box uh, with uh, just a handful of baby teeth in it, which is a weird thing that like moms collect. But what's uh, even weirder is I could not guarantee to you guys that those teeth came from somebody in my family. That's how bad of a hoarder my mom is. Uh, I'll leave you guys with that one. No, no, what you really want to know. Yay! Hey, tag that last one with, like, garage sale baby teeth. Like, yeah, yeah. do a little, you know, because yeah. you, you say that, you mentioned that, like, they're not your baby teeth, so where the fuck did she find them? Was it, like, eBay? Right. <laughs> like, where did she? That was that was um, exceedingly funny. I have notes, but I'm sure other people do, too. So we'll let, we'll let Hunter go first. Yay! Yay, me. I, um... You're talking about Black Superman? I don't know if this is... Like, there's already a Black Superman movie out. It's called Hancock. <laughs> okay, yeah, the Will Smith movie? Yeah, just talk about that, you know? Like, like right. I feel like there's something there, and then I, I really like that premise, man. Okay. All right. You have to use the white word, Superman. What is that, like the uber-mensch? Like, what are you... How racist do you think Yeah, when you're talking about filming that fight in the parking lot, you gotta somehow throw in world star hip-hop. Is a reference. Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as much as you can throw Berkeley into anything, like you could even say, like, well, people just aren't downloading World Star Hip Hop on in Berkeley, right. or like you can constantly mention Berkeley. I felt like, I felt like you could even go farther. Um, I loved it. Berkeley. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but um, you you went, you said, um, you, before you went into the white shaman thing, you could even said you said they managed to out Berkeley you or something, but they managed to white shaman you. They managed to mushroom witchcraft you. They managed to, you know, you can take those two words and turn it into the a Berkeley. Sl- they they managed to like. Yeah, no, I got that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. I was like, and I was like, if you reference Berkeley again before Superman, like maybe even it's um. Maybe even after the black super... If you're not going to mention it before you go into Superman or if they're not even linked, but when you're in Superman, you could say, as the reaction to a black Superman, what's going to have to be like a white Superman from Berkeley? Right, right, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then he saves, you know, vegetables from the compost. Like, that's a usable kale! <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it, and um, I felt like you could weave the... Like uh, what Pam was saying, weave the Berkeley in more. So with um, the shaman, you could say like, oh yeah, I found out he was a shaman at the funeral for the tree. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, I don't know if your mom's hoarding is happening in Berkeley, but there's a lot of hoarding happening in Berkeley. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah. There's like, um, you know, this like postmortem baby shop where like (laughs) anti-abortion people like collect the teeth or you know something kind of more Berkeley. <laughs> I feel like this is a, a little one liner thing. I just remembered it. Like you're talking about how your mom's a hoarder, uh-huh. which means you're one of the only pieces of trash to get away. Oh, <laughs> shit! Okay, I like Third. that. That's good. That's great! <laughs> wow! Wow! Do you, do you feel good? <laughs> did it work? Did that work for you? 
<laughs> he means that in the nicest way possible. Yeah, like it, yeah. It's because you, you have a good set with really fun and uh, unique ideas. And, you know, shit on Berkeley as much as you can. <laughs> I love it. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. I love it. Thanks so much. Yeah, McHenry. Yay. Yay. Jacob McHenry, your next comedian. Take, keep taking it. This is a great audience tonight. And thanks for sticking around and uh, giving good notes. Your next comedian is James Bostwick. Hello. All right. Thank you for all of you being here. This is amazing. Uh, I wanted to talk about a party I went to uh, recently, and I was talking to this. Uh, she looks pretty young, and she was pretty young. And then um, she described herself as a um, self-described as a um, a young adult writer, and uh, I thought that was baffling because she seemed too young to write so young. Because I thought young adult writers were failed adult adult writers. <laughs> this is my opinion. Um, I love that uh, we're in the mission right now. That's great. I love being in the mission all the time. There's like, um, uh, there's all these murals out. I love these murals. And you have this Latino pride, so it's great, beautiful murals. However, uh, the other day I was walking down and I saw uh, a defaced, graffitied mural, which was terrible. It was Frida Kahlo. And somebody graffitied and put up like a mustache and like a unibrow on her. You know, that's just ignorant, you know? It's rude. Um, I have a girlfriend, um, I love her to death, but, um, I feel like it's really hard to be nice to her. It's very difficult to be nice to her. Uh, it's hard to, to give her a compliment because every time I give her a compliment, she ends up turning to, like, Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. So it's like, oh, honey, I, I really miss you today. Oh, why? Why? Um... Because you're beautiful. You're very beautiful. Like, how, how am I beautiful? What do you mean? I, you're, you're beautiful? Yeah, you said that. How am I beautiful? Okay, what am I here to amuse you? What? What? You know what's worse, though? It's really hard. Being in a room with nobody have seen Goodfellas movie. Have you guys not seen that? That is a spot on Joe Pesci. <laughs> that is Joe Pesci right there. That is... <laughs> Bing bow. <laughs> Enough said. Save the save the commentary for two minutes from now. Um, so my uh, I do love my girlfriend, but I feel like she's yeah, she is a little bit a little bit boring sometimes. Um, it's the things she says, you know, it's kind of cliche, you know. Like I when I see her, she says like you know like how was your day, you know, or like uh, you look tired. Do you want a massage? Oh. Or like I do. It's like, you know, come on, be original. Keep me on my toes. All right? But um, my friend, she just got married. Um, she's great. She has a very tiny mouth. She has a very tiny mouth. And she got married over the weekend to a man with a very tiny tongue. So small mouth, tiny tongue. Um, I'm guessing over the weekend on their honeymoon, 69 was not the dominant position uh, for their honeymoon. Um, I feel like uh, I gotta get new friends. I don't like any of my friends. I feel like they're just shallow and immature. 
you know, like all day long, like for instance, all day long, the only thing that they could talk about is what they're going to wear to prom, you know, it's like, um, that's about it, actually. Thank you. Thank you. You ain't even saying nothing, but I know you were James Buswick! Ending on a creepy <laughs> pedophile-esque joke. Like champion. Right. Fun. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed your, uh, that, the creepy turn on the prom joke. I would do a similar thing on the small mouth, small tongue joke in that, um, I'd somehow make it about you because like, why are you, why is your joke commenting on these two people? You know, like I would somehow bring it back to it's, you, like what you're a voyeur. It's actually uh, my sister and her husband. So, which, so yeah, which, that's I thought, even, and that's even creepier and weirder. It's a true story too. Right, and that's super like, and that you'd be, <laughs> but that, so now that connects it to you because then you'd be like. It's, yeah. I thought it would be weird me thinking that, you know, pitying my sister for not getting good well, moral sense. Either, either, you know, which I do. I feel bad for her. Which is better because that just connected it to you, which is yeah. way better for us. Because I'm like, why is who are these people and why does he care about the size of their mouth and tongue? And so I was like, what? But now that what you just said there is like funny because it's real. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Hunter. Yeah, to add on Pam's thing, it always like makes it easier for the audience to relate if you say like how the person's related to you and saying a sister, that really brings it in. And if you're gonna if you're gonna go on that whole train of logic, I feel like it's very interesting for us to figure out why you're so interested in your sister's mouth. <laughs> you know? Like that sounded bad, but like it is, there's a very funny way to go down that and um, I was just listening to your your set and you have a very unique voice and I don't know if this is mean or not but has anybody ever like told you you sound like a flamboyantly gay npr announcer no no is, is, is that does that not get there on a lot of tinder dates <laughs> okay well i was just thinking like it's, it's a very unique thing and i love it and i feel like you should address it you know if that is, does that make sense that makes yeah. all right i know you taught my little brother in high school and like this is this is getting really weird but like i think you're really funny and i love you Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Nobody's gonna comment on You're, that, Joe Pesci. I was. That's nobody's I was gonna about to get that. in on that. Nah, Come on. Nah. You, got, you just gotta go a little higher with the register if you want to be Pesci. So, because if you do New York with your look, you're gonna look a little like Christopher Walken from uh, from the Deer Hunter. Just a little. King of New York. The 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 Goodfellas joke is good. It's hard because I know you want to use the tag where like, oh, I did a really good Joe Pesci impression. But I think when you're actually doing the lines, like, well, how am I? How am I beautiful? So I gotta I gotta really. I don't th I don't think you need to commit all the way, but I think there needs to be more more of that the, the aggression and the fear that you feel like based on the scene of like where okay. she's she might legitimately like knock you out because you she doesn't know what you're trying to say or she thinks you're offending her. Okay. I'm not. You definitely don't need to lean hard into a Joe Pesci impersonation because that built into like the fact that you have a bad Joe Pesci impersonation. <laughs> I, I, can, I can up it. I can up it. But I wanted to ask if I could add a tag where 
Shine box. I wanted to do a Marissa Tomei uh, type thing. My bio, no, okay. There's always room for Marissa Tomei. <laughs> right? Always. Academy Award, my cousin Vinny. Biological club. Um, yeah, that reminded me about the Joe Pesci thing. Um, the actual line, I'm sorry, I've never actually seen the movie. Um, See, yeah, yeah. I, when you said that, I was laughing my ass off. Millennial like, piece of shit. Just it's, kidding. It's, I'm a, you think I'm a nice guy, right? That's a line. Do okay, look um, like a nice guy to you. Always easier for the impersonation to land if you use the same cadence. You okay. know what I mean? So you're saying good looking. Yeah. You know, like find something as the same syllables as nice guy. Like you know what I mean? Okay. Like good looking is like one extra, and if you could find that and go into the exact same rhythm of the bit, mm-hmm. it it will land way. Better, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I would help your fee- last thing. I would help your Frida Kahlo joke with um, maybe you think someone was defacing something that, with a milk mustache. Like you could have another one in there. Like you went by and oh my God, Cameron Diaz had this milk mustache. Like gross. Why would they deface Cameron Diaz like there and then like that? And then I went by this Frida Kahlo poster and I was like, oh my God, they made a mustache and eyebrows. I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> Like, I know that that's like a totally different joke, but I was thinking. No, I love it. <laughs> uh, I've seen mustache. It's very funny stuff. Everybody put your hands together for James Thanks for being here at the Joke Workshop. Uh, thanks for donating. That's really great, too. Your next comedian. He also has a film coming out soon about the San Francisco comedy scene and beyond. Put your hands together for Nick Scarpino. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Pam Benjamin. This is uh, it's drug money. Here you go, right there. Oh, it wasn't very good drugs. That was only two dollars. Um, I uh, it's voting day tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's the time to vote. Get out there, get out there, and, and rock, rock the vote. I guess is that what they say still? I don't know. I'm terrible at voting. Um, it's one. It's one of those things where like I, I still think this country is the best. I do. I still think we live in the best country, uh, and I am basing that on absolutely nothing. I don't. I don't really do any research ever, uh, and it's perfectly illustrated when I get out to vote because uh, it's super intimidating, and I don't know anything about any of the candidates. And more often than not. Uh, I just end up voting for the person um, that has the best supervillain last name. And I think I'm part of the problem. (laughs) But you can imagine how many times I voted for Gavin Newsom. Uh, I do think we're the best. So I do still think we're the best country. I'm not really basing that off of anything uh, other than the fact that I think we we seem to have the one thing that every other country lacks, right? We seem to have it in spade, uh, which is confidence. We are the most overly confident country on the planet. Uh, and it's weird. We have nothing to back that up. We lost the last three fights we got into, and we started those fights, right? Like all of our friends, all of our friends were like, don't get into a fight with Afghanistan. You guys can't win a fight with Afghanistan. And we were like, not with that attitude. It's confidence, man. I don't know. I, t- I get like super confident too when I go abroad. I was in Denmark. I don't know why. Uh, but I was... <laughs> I was on a train with my wife and we accidentally sat in the wrong uh, in the wrong cabin and uh, when the guy came through to look at our tickets very very old uh, Danish man he, he looks at him then he and then he pointed to the cabin sign and he said what does that say and I looked up and I realized what we had done was we were sitting in the first class cabin I was like oh sir I'm sorry it's first class and then he goes what does your ticket say and I said well, it says main cabin sir and he looked at me and this is what he said true story he goes fucking Trump's America I know. And the words that came out of my mouth next, I have uh, I've never said before and I've never said again. I looked at him and I said, sir, that's not what your people were saying when we saved your asses in WW2. 
couple things about me. Uh, I am from San Francisco, and I don't like President Trump. Uh, that's one. And two, uh, I have no idea what side Denmark was on <laughs> in World War II, but I said it with confidence, and I feel like that's what makes all the difference. That is my sh really terrible callback to the first part of that joke. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. Anyone into Star Trek? Yeah, they got that whole, they got Star Trek, uh, the original series, TOS, as they call it, on Netflix. And I got to tell you, I really love um, Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek's, like, vision of the future, right? Um, like, he envisioned a world where people from all ethnic backgrounds, you know, and genders and sexual orientations could come and work together uh, on the same bridge underneath the leadership of a straight white male. Guys, I think I think we nailed it. I think we nailed that future. Now, all kidding aside, though, I love that when it came time to like dole out the roles in the bridge, the best thing they could think for the woman to do was answer the phone. You know, they were like, "Well, uh, well, clearly she can't drive. So what should we have her do?" And Gene Roddenberry was like, "I know. When the Klingons call, she can take a message. That's what she'll do." Okay. Thank you. Are you? I see that you have a ring on your finger. Are you married? How long have you been married for, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, like five years. Five years? You ever just think, that's enough? I'm good. No, me neither. I love being married. It's super great. Uh, I actually just celebrated my six-year wedding anniversary, and I'm not being competitive, but that's actually a real thing. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting, because my wife is a very attractive woman, um, which is actually a problem. Because as a, you know, guys, if you're, I don't, you're not married, clearly. I heard your set. Um, but you think that, like, you marry a woman that's attractive, you put all that work in, and then you just, you think that she just ceases to be attractive to every other guy. And that, that is not true. That does not happen. This is a real story. We were at the airport, my wife and I, the other day, in a uh, security line, and some guy helped her put her jacket on. And uh, my wife let him. And that's not the offensive part. The offensive part is that he was so good looking that I kind of wanted him to help me put my jacket on. Because uh, I was like, babe, uh, what's mine is yours. You know what I mean? But um, but no, that's not, that's not how marriage works out. That's it for me, guys. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. Nick Scarpino, everyone. Yay. That was very funny. Thanks, Pam. Uh, I have things, if other people aren't running the microphones. Um, I loved all that lost fights. I put happy face, great stuff. Um, and I and then I was like, this is a great, it felt like, so I just watched that thing on Netflix with the guy who's doing like the political monologues. Oh, and I was Hassan like, Minash? yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, you sound and present like one of those, like I'm He's telling you a monologue. More successful than I am, well, no, but you, you present as a person that I trust to say a political monologue. Like oh, you sound okay. smart great. and it sort of is working. It so is working. The Denmark stuff is very funny. I feel like you could, call back to that in other ways like when you were go, you were at the you were just at the airport we are going to Denmark or whatever right. and then up uh, I put an explanation explanation point I like that Denmark stuff and I was like up until Star Trek and then I was like oh he's bringing the politics back in he is he is he is but then I didn't understand what your work together line was and I thought like you could work together to build a wall and then that mm. would bring back the Trump stuff from earlier because I was like oh yeah the Star Trek the first part of the Star Trek joke I'm having a problem with because it's like an it's an obvious observation but I don't know what side I'm on with it like it kind of is weird because I think I feel like every time I tell it honestly like it ostracizes the audience because they're like is he cool with Trump I don't understand right. what's going on with that so I kind of got to set that up a little bit better 
because I, th- I do find like the, the joke in there that I'm trying to work is that it's hilarious that he envisioned a future, but his future was still like the white dude still in charge. Right. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how to get that across just yet. I'm working on it. Though. Yeah. But and the idea is great though. Hunter. No, uh, Peter. Uh, yeah. Oh, just Peter. quick thing for me. Yeah. I liked um, the Denmark stuff is very funny. Uh, I think. I kind of, uh, when you said the thing, like you said, like, oh, we saved your asses World War II, that was funny. And then I kind of forget what you said between that and then when you said, and I don't even know if Denmark was on our side or yeah. whatever. I think, like, if you do those two kind of, like, more in succession, that could be super strong. Um, but, yeah, I liked it. God, thanks. Yeah, I thought your set was really funny. Um, I think it'd be, I think there's something there, like, talk more about them, uh, um like how you said, the uh, the woman is still answering the phones. Yeah. You know, on the spaceship. What if she's still getting paid 80 cents to the dollar? Oh, uh-huh. You know, on there. And then... That's, um, that's good. Well, and Uhura was a black woman, so she was probably paid like 40 cents. For uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Racism is great. That's pretty good. <laughs> Racism and sexism the, the, Yeah, together. the only cut with the Star Trek is I, I've had feedback from people who are like, I don't know that much about Star Trek. Like... A lot of people are like, I, it's a but, kind of a funny joke, but what's a bridge? But that's the beauty. And I'm like, all right, well, I feel like the bridge is anyone. the commentary on like woman in the workplace. Yeah, you I was going to, so I mean, I was going to push it farther and be like, you know, like I'm this, like at least he let the Asian guy drive. Fuck, <laughs> do that. Yeah. That's Fuck, funny. Do that. That's great. Yeah. And then um, you were talking about like how you were jealous about like your wife having an attractive guy mm-hmm. putting the jack in the shoulders. It's a true story, actually. I feel, yeah, I know. I feel Sadly. like there's, uh, there should be like an act out there of like you kind of like, hey. You know, like try, I don't know, like you trying to like walk up the guy and just like mm-hmm. drop in your jacket or something. Yeah, you know, and like, like I'm just not just dropping you. stuff low key so we can yeah. check me bending over. Yeah, well, I just <laughs> really want this guy's affection. I don't know, that's where my brain went. If that's where I you want to go. You well, know. you go where you gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Funny stuff. All right, thanks, guys. Clap your hands together for Nick Scarpino. And, and, and thanks, Chris Holstein, for holding the list up so I know what's happening with our lives. Put your hands together for your next comedian, very funny lady, Rachel D. All right, I I'm exhausted. Uh, I don't I don't care what people say. Uh, I think it's fucking hard to be a millennial. Okay, probably mostly because I'm 41. Uh, but I've been trying to pass. I was trying to pass. It was working out for a bit, but I cannot help it when I let my age show. You know, like, I don't know why, but I'm constantly offering to MapQuest shit. <laughs> I, yeah. And a guy texted me about food allergies, and I sent him an eggplant because I'm allergic to nightshades. And then I followed it up with a heart. Yeah. So I know I said the thing that every man wants to hear, right? I'm allergic to your dick, and I'm in love with you. Yeah. I was going out to bars with my millennial friends, and they had no idea. Right, Hunter? <laughs> uh, they had no idea, and I was, it was good, but I, there was this, always this terrifying moment where I would have to give my ID to the bouncer, and then I would silently plead with my eyes, please don't turn me in, please don't turn me in, please don't turn me in. I was an undocumented millennial. I was, was terrified I was gonna go to millennial uh, jail, you know? Millennial, with a millennial detention center, right? I was just wondering, what would that be like? Uh, definitely no Wi-Fi. No cat memes, right? And you can forget about your cold brew. If you're really doing hard time, they're gonna make you get married. Get a mortgage. 
Yeah. Honeymoon on a cruise ship, right? That's shit that millennials hate, right? Yes? Yes. Okay, good. I mean, I Googled it. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> uh, well, I could go on with that, but I want to talk about, I'm also a mom. Yeah, thanks, thanks, I am a mom. Uh, I, I think, anybody else got kids? Okay, I recommend don't. Uh, but I, I really think that being a parent is a lot like being on parole, you know? It, it, except I have a cute little overzealous parole officer. <laughs> like, instead of weekly check-ins, he just moved in. And I don't have one of those ankle bracelets. He just occasionally latches his entire body to my ankle. I would try and walk into a bar like this, you know? It just, it's more difficult. <laughs> and even when I'm not doing a drug test, he watches me pee. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 uh, there's a big difference between losing my kid and losing a bag of Coke. Someone always returns my kid. Yeah, yeah. I hated being pregnant. <laughs> I, I'm really glad that I only did it the one time. You know, like all the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, my kid was 10 pounds and two feet when he was born. I know, right? I gave birth to a toddler. Yeah. He just walked out of me. And then turned back and was like, sorry mom for wrecking your vagina. Yeah. He's, he's always been a polite kid. So. I don't want you guys to worry about my kid. <laughs> uh, I, I do practice responsible parenting, you know. My kid lives with, my, with his dad. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks guys, Rachel D. Rachel D, everyone, hooray! Yay! Comments! <laughs> no one's clamoring to the microphones. Um, I would hide the 41 until a while let that be the punchline and that start with that it's really hard to be a millennial the drinking the snapchatting the tindering the you i'm sure you can go on and on and make them very funny the blah 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 the being 41 i would let the 41 be the joke about the being a millennial so hard because right. you, you can you can extend it and, and then I was, I was on board. I love those kids' jokes. I think they're very funny, especially I like it when you usually put in the joke about um, which is your favorite kid, of course, the one yeah. I kept. I like that. And I'm sure that goes with the rest of those jokes, and those are all jokes are all really good and, and unique to you. Um, the only thing I could send you think was you said, like, send me to the, and then you said something, and I was thinking it'd be cute if you had, like, a, some acronyms. You know, like, I just learned what DTF was, but I was like, detention Tinder facility. Detention or, Tinder. Or like, you're, and you're like, DTF. They were trying to send me to the DTF, the uh, detention Tinder facility. Or some, some sort of... You millennial can, detention center. Right. Yeah. And the, yeah. But then I was like, millennial detention center was MDC. And I'm like, oh, what's MDC mean? Uh, uh, so I was like, think of something that's like an LOL, like the blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So instead uh -huh. of... It, you could flip it around so that but millennial detention center is funny uh -huh. I would just think of the same idea but put it in one of their texty fake words <laughs> okay. do you know okay. what I mean yeah. funny stuff 
Yeah, I really like the 41-year-old millennial joke. I think it's funny. Uh, I think you could tag it with so many different things. Like, it's really hard to use Tinder when you can't figure out how your phone works. <laughs> you know? So we just lean heavy into the mom stuff, like, you know, and nobody likes all the big text. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, your, um, your I'm 41 joke's gotten a lot better, especially with the tags and everything. I feel like one very common thing, I don't know if this is the actual age group, because, like, millennials are allowed to drink now, right? Yeah. Like okay. Yeah, millennial Dan, goes up to like thirty-five years yeah. old, which is yeah. unfortunate yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah. You're a millennial, sorry. Yeah. I th- okay. Well, like I was thinking, like now it doesn't work anymore because I was saying like it's the one thing I have in common with a millennial being afraid that they'll see my fake ID. But we all learned something here today. So. <laughs> God damn it! Fuck me. Yeah, it's such a great concept too because I I forget what the next one is, but it's even crazier. The like there's a, there's a generation now people are starting to talk about after millennials. Uh, generation Y me. Is that what it is? I think it's yeah, Generation Y me, but W H Y M E. Is it Z? I don't know. It'd be, no, that'd be, I mean, that's maybe something to explore also because that joke's really strong. So it'd be fun to just like go into that and be like, you know, everyone has life goals. Like mine's <laughs> to be like in the. I don't know what the next. Yeah, yeah. Is. I was thinking like I'm still messing around with like that whole like. Um, basically, I'm hoping Benjamin Button was based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I I really liked your set and I like the part about. Um, the difference between losing my kid and the bag of Coke is that the kid always comes back to me. You could do something about um, carrying the flower sack. You know, that old, like, practicing for pregnancy thing that they do for high schoolers? Oh, yeah. I have an entire egg joke that's that. Oh, okay. Definitely. Like, carrying oh, okay. around a little, carrying around an egg for a week. And okay. yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, bright minds think like. And then also, I was thinking with the... 41 millennial, you could be like, well, I'm a millennial in like tortoise years or like <laughs> sequoia yeah, years. Yeah, so I like, so the transition is like, um, I'm, I'm definitely a millennial, but in cougar years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. And then I have all these cougar jokes, so. <laughs> um, yeah, my thing, yeah, good set. Uh, I think, I was thinking about the the eggplant nightshade thing. I think, have you tried switching, because you say, so I sent him an eggplant because I'm allergic to nightshades. I think it could work better if you say, and I'm allergic to nightshades, so I send him an because I think good, good, yeah. people see it like you're like, oh, I send him an eggplant, and they're like, oh, a dick, that doesn't make sense of a response. Then you're like, ah, and then be like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, yeah, we're trying. No, yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Um, on the, I love the setup of the baby being like a. Um, what do they call Overzealous the parole officer? No, the or ankle monitor that you oh, have. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. I, I forget how you phrase it, but I love that concept of like, but instead of keeping me at home, he just keeps me out of bars. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really fun. Really? Because the, the visual, it creates a visual of the kid. Yeah. That's really funny. Like he just keeps you out of places. Yeah. That's great. Clap your hands wildly All for right, Rachel cool, I know there's two left on that, and let's see who the next person is. Hey, uh, your next media. She's been giving great comments all night long. Put your hands together for Regina Fletcher. Hi, thanks, guys. Um, wow, so this is the first time I think I'm going to get comments in a long time, and um, yeah, to be honest, I just have some like really weird, kind of quirky, controversial stuff to work out. Um, I, I think that's what a lot of chiropractors hear, um, or, or possibly like Trump speechwriters. They probably they probably have similar things to say as well. Um, so yeah, I've been having this really strange thing happen to me where people think I'm gay, and I'm like, no, really good guess. Um, yeah, I'm just cool with anal house music, and I always have a really good MDMA connection. Um, yeah, and 
I, you know, so I, I do, I love house music. Um, I know Deep House, it's, uh, it's not an architecture style. Um, yeah, it's like a cool sex move. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I wish that, no, 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 I, I had an amazing weekend and uh, I actually did not spend it staying out all night going to house music. I did something even better. I taught a workshop on rape and reconciliation. Yeah, like party time, it was amazing. Um, and so when I start to tell my comic friend about it, he starts getting super competitive. You know, he's like, oh yeah? Well, like I was at a set and I was telling a rape joke and I had two women walk out. And I'm like, oh yeah? Well, at my rape and reconciliation workshop, I was showing a video of a rapist taking responsibility for something he had 20 years ago. And I had a woman walk out and she walked back in and said that she'd hire a guy like that who was taking responsibility for his actions. Um, so yeah, that kind of shut him up. Um, and then, yeah, one of my yoga friends, she was getting super competitive with me as well. She was saying, yeah, in my evening yin yoga, I teach these like really high-powered, high, you know, high-strung executives, and they'll even pass out in my class in Shavasana pose. I'm like... Yeah, guess what? In my workshop, Dating and Relating in the era of Me Too, I had this dude get so uncomfortable, he laid down on the couch, put on headphones, and rested his eyes. Um, so I think we all know like who's winning in these scenarios. Um, so I'm, I, I wanted to, uh, actually, I wanted to invite, yeah, seriously, if people want to come to this workshop, you totally can. If there's anyone here who's supporting their comic friend, I can hook you guys up for it with a discount. But if you actually are a comic, it's 30% more, um, you know, just baggage and handling fees. Like, let's be honest about, you know, what kind of baggage comics have. Um, but I wanted to end by sharing a poem with you guys. Um, it's about drugs. Uh, it's actually about drug safety. I hope I still get cheers. So it, <laughs> it goes like this. Call it X, ecstasy, MDMA, or Molly. It'll make your emotional heart as strong as Muhammad Ali. But before you ingest it, be sure that you test it. With your testing kit, its color should be dark purple or black. But if there's no color change, it could be totally whack. No color change could mean there's an adulterant like PMA, I had to look that one up, I don't know what it stands for, um, which causes convulsions, heat stroke, and death, by the way. Hooray, your test kit turned out a perfect shade of charcoal, and your friends are just itching for base drop and sparkle. But if you have hypohydrosis, the few of you who can't perspire, you'll feel like Batman getting higher and higher, but your organs could shut down like a rave in the 90s. Other than that, most of us are totally fine when we take E, and we just kind of land and say, mmm, more please. But wait, I'm depressed. I hear voices. Um, I don't know. Should I take ecstasy? Look, I don't know. I'm just a fan of this stuff. I'm not Dr. Marie Curie. Um, so let's take it on your tongue, down your throat, or even your crack. Once you're safe, you can pop it, and there's no looking back. With big eyes and skin that melts like fresh butter, where the night goes, all bets are off. Just like my shirt. Take your mind out of the gutter. So be safer and enjoy next time your pupils are saucers and your rolling face. And maybe, just maybe, let it teach you how to stay strong for our human race. Now you cut off. Now you cut off. Yay, Regina Fletcher! Yay! Yay! And then yay! I loved your poem. Um, 
I would slow down though and do it like Dr. Seuss. And I feel like if <laughs> okay. you read it like you were a librarian in the children's center, okay. then you could mm-hmm. also take breaks and do commentary on it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if you did the poem, like the act out of someone else with a different voice, then when you get to it, you can like comment on it in between, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like depending on your audience, you can be like rolling face. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, that's what people call it when it's <laughs> okay. cool and you're taking it yeah. and it's like you're rolling. Have you heard that before? You're rolling, your kids said it, didn't they? Ha <laughs> ha Like you can, you can have a certain persona because it's a really funny poem, mm-hmm. but because you just like rolled through it and rushed it, I would land on like each one of those couplets, each end rhyme you do is pretty much a joke. So, just even next time you come here just spend the whole four minutes doing that like it's a great bit yeah yeah it's really well written and it also teaches important lessons and it's funny so I I did a lot of research yeah yeah well and it's like like that's the thing is you can be like this is the this here's and here comes the TED talk part of my set you you know but it's good it's like it's great to be political on stage and it's funny and you're using your stage time to help people and that's amazing and I hope that you use this rhyme again because it's a really good rhyme just Mm -hmm. slow down it's funny and I feel like you can just make it funnier by creating like a persona that then you can break from it and be yourself Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that uh, Molly poem. Like, I um, I actually just came back from LA on a music festival, so you guys all know what I was doing, and it made me want to go back to LA on that music festival. So, like, if you can stretch okay. that out, like, I, I wanted more of it, you know. I felt and, like it was so long. You wanted even more, like, rhyming ecstasy jokes. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I seriously did. Okay. Like, it's, I loved it. And I don't know if it's because I did, did it so recently, but like, it, <laughs> it made me want to do more, you know. <laughs> so, who's your Molly dealer? <laughs> But I, yeah, besides that, I really don't have any constructive criticism. That was a really good set, and I enjoyed it. Okay. Also, your outfit is amazing. And the She's is an amazing band. They were here at, they were at um, Noise Pop Block Party. They played this year. Right down the street. So, yeah, they're they're badass. But, yeah, I would just slow down and use that poem, because it's really, it's really well written and really political and totally topical and honestly like SIS safe injection sites and and doing drug Mm -hmm. testing is so important because I know people I know people who were at a funeral a month ago for a person that thought they were doing cocaine and there was fentanyl in it and they died and they were just a person my age they're in their 40s and they were just at a bar on a night just like oh there's some drives cocaine I'll do some cocaine did a line of cocaine, it had fentanyl in it, and they died. And there were some other kids um, a year and a half ago that were on Hate Street, and they thought they were doing methamphetamines, and they shot up, and it had fentanyl in it, and they all, all three of them died too. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. dr- and that's just, drug testing is really important, and it's it's around right now. You could think you're taking Molly, and there could be fentanyl in it, and then you mm-hmm. could die. So like, if you're gonna take drugs, and you don't know where the source is, hey, get them tested. It's really important. So I appreciate that you're bringing that okay. to the forefront of comedy. Any other comments? Yay, Regina Fletcher, yay! Yay, Yay. isn't it nice when comedy is political too? It makes it feel more like art. (laughs) I think that you're the last on the list, is he? Yay, you're last comedian of the night. What a funny guy. Thanks for sticking around the whole time. Everybody put your hands together for Peter Balmer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for staying, guys. It's very nice. Um, I used to work on a golf course. I was a golf caddy, which were like the little guys in the bibs who carry around the golf bags. It was a fun job. It was a kind of a silly little job. I think being a golf caddy is a lot like being a stripper. 
um, because most of the time, most of the job is just keeping old men company. You get paid mostly in tips. And uh, if you hit the top of your game, then you'll be working for Tiger Woods. So yeah, it was a fun little job. I was excited. One thing I was really stoked on for being a caddy was I was excited about the golf jokes. That's the thing you hear about. Like, ah, golf, tons of golf jokes. I was like, I'm a funny guy. I like to hear jokes. This would be fun. Super disappointed. Super people who go to golf courses, they don't have great senses of humor, turns out, most of the time. Uh, like one time, I was caddying for this threesome of dudes. And that's funny. You can laugh. That's a funny... They don't think that's funny on the golf course. Uh, it's fucking wild. You hear just like a 50-year-old businessman be like, oh, I have a threesome today with Bill and Guy. It'll be tons of fun. Balls in the air at 4 p.m. <laughs> it's like, how is this? What the fuck? Okay, all right. So I go out on the course. I'm doing my fucking thing. And uh, their favorite type of joke, the favorite type of joke the guys make is the following. Uh, there'll be one person, and he'll take a shot, and it won't go that far. And then one of the other guys in the threesome will be like, huh, good one, Ted. Is your wife playing with us today? Huh. Ah. It's like, okay, that's not, that's not great. It did like 20 of those over the course of the round. And by the end, I was like, all right, I'm feeling good. I'm going to try to make a little joke of my own. And um, I was caddying for this guy named Jay Harmeyer. And he hit a shot, and it went like to the right a bunch, went super far that way, and he was really bummed about it. He was like, Peter, oh God, that shot was totally wrong. There was nothing, ah, I fucked that up. Like, there was nothing right about that shot. No, nothing right. And I chimed in, and I was like, actually, Mr. Harmeyer, it was all right. Uh, yeah, okay. And uh, I bombed at a lot of open mics in my life, but I've never had a joke be as poorly received as that one was. Because he looks at me. I'll never forget this. He goes, uh, I say the joke, and he looks at me. He goes, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> no tip that day, guys. No tip. No tip. It's sad. Um, I'm six foot four. I'm six foot four inches tall. Uh, people don't always think that, though. Sometimes people are like, you're six foot four? I thought you would have been like six foot two or something, which means they see me as small and weak. I'm fine with that. Uh, I think part of the issue is that I don't have great posture. Like, I'm a big sloucher. I kind of hunch over. I don't, like, you know, make myself big. I've had people criticize this about me before. I've been like, dude, you know what your problem is? You need to walk with your shoulders cocked and your head up. You walk around like this. It's like, I don't think that's the message I'm trying to send. Because if you see a guy who's walking around with his fucking chest out and his head back, the message he's internally sending to people is that, like, hey, don't fuck with me because I'll beat the shit out of you. That's not my message. That's not my message. I get spooked by when the air conditioning comes on. I'm not a tough guy. Uh, so, yeah, I try to send the message of like, hey, you know, you can punch me and I'll probably be like, haha, it's okay, but just be my friend, please. Okay, sweet. Uh, you guys know teeth? Yeah, okay. Like teeth. Ah, teeth. Okay, sweet. Everyone's on the same page. Um, here's a crazy thing about teeth. These were not always your teeth because when you were little, you had different teeth, and then those uh, fell out, and you got these new teeth poked in. Now you have these teeth, right? Uh, I think it's real great that this doesn't happen for any other part of your body because, like, how much of a nightmare situation would it be if, like, one day when you were a kid, you were, like, eating your dinner, you are like, cutting up your food, and your pinky just kind of dislodges a little bit? And it hurts a lot, and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck's happening? But your mom just looks at you and goes, looks like someone's a growing boy. <laughs> and then she takes a string and ties it around your pinky 
and then ties the other end to a balloon and it floats away. No, it's new. I usually do a door hail, but I'm I'm trying some new stuff. Um, this happens to all your fingers eventually. They all they all fall out, and then you get new fingers, right? And they grow in, but they kind of grow in all fucked up. They grow in like this. So you got to get finger braces, which makes middle school super awkward for everyone, because everyone's just got their finger braces walking around like the world's shittiest X-Men, slow dancing like a champ. And you do this, and then you forget about it for a while. You f- your braces off. You get like you know you're like, you know 40, and you go back to your parents' house. You got your like kids with you, and your mom's like, I want to show you something that reminds me of when you were a little boy. And you're like, What is it, mom? A toy? And she's like, No, better. And then you go, and she like opens a scrapbook, and she's flipping through the pages, and you see that she has taped in one of the pages one of your baby fingers. And it doesn't keep as well as teeth. And your kids are like, Holy shit! And your mom's like, Ah, that's cute. Okay, cool. Uh, sweet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank God. Yay! Pete Palmer Yay. from Golf Jokes to Children Missing Fingers. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, a genius. Yeah. Looks like people have comments. Go ahead. I was. I like. Um, I think I remember you talking about it, like a box of fingers before. Like yeah, I, I was like, doing like a jar before. Yeah, yeah. I like a, like the box, the box of fingers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah just as a mom. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's good to know. It's interesting. So, sometimes that's how get, you'd keep your son's fingers. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes people get way grossed out by that joke, so I've been trying to temper it back a little oh, bit. Okay. But I, 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 loved all of, I, loved, I also I loved like the, the jar better. And everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and it depends if you're gonna keep it dry. That would be a box. A jar would be more formaldehyde or pickle. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, I pickle your gonna fingers. You're going to pickle the finger Whoa. and keep it in. Like you can formaldehyde or you can pickle the finger and leave it in the refrigerator, or you can have it in a box because it's been dried like jerky. Those Do you know are, what I mean? All, like, those are all possibilities. Pam, you, you have yeah. too much information on the subject. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, do, I, I love that premise. The joke you've told me before. Um, I really think you need to like when you go that teeth ah and that thing. Yeah. I think that's fucking hilarious. I need to be more. Yeah, just fucking, you know, like play that all. Like do that for like, I don't know, a minute. Yeah. You know, make it really awkward. Yeah. And um, I like that. I've noticed you doing something. I don't know if it's just me. And if it is, it's really weird. But um, whenever, like, especially when you first start out your sets, you do like, whenever you raise your voice, you do like a weird hip thrust at the same time. Don't want to be doing that. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally not an intentional comedic method. <laughs> Just me fucking. Yeah, it's like every. T- <laughs> hey! <laughs> Ready for some jokes? Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Okay, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> I really, I really like the um, the golf dudes' voices. Like, I I really want to hear more things that they say, uh, yeah. and then and then maybe your internal monologue about it or you're like inter- like like what are you thinking about it I don't know yeah, yeah. no 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 yeah that's a good <laughs> I have a t- a good I have back. a tag instead of all right it's that was a slice of heaven whoa because okay. it's slicing oh, okay. is slice? when you when you slice it. it to the right. You say, that is a slice yeah. of heaven. Usually I say to right instead of all right, and mm. I think that makes more sense. And I fucked that up this time. Or but, you yeah. could even do alt right. You could do hashtag alt right. That was not a thing when I was thirteen, but I appreciate oh, okay. it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right. Good point. Uh, your message. I feel like your message needs to be something funny, like I cuddle with Beanie Babies. Do you know that? Like your message. message? Oh, you said, oh, 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 and my message thing. is. Okay. I was like, yeah, my message. You said, but funny. you said um, like my message is I am not tough at all. But your, I feel like your message could be like my message is I still have a teddy bear. Yeah, no, that's you a know, good. Like, I should say like 
an example. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, whatever your message is. But I love that finger knob door. I, I Finger doorknob. I like the balloon instead because like you can even say, you thought I was going to say doorknob. No, that's it. That's, that's what I'm like fucking with too. And yeah. I'm not sure if the balloon thing, because like the fingers, because once you say like tie a string, then people know you're going to say the doorknob right. thing. So I was like fucking with the balloon, but like... That also, I, I don't know if that's just like weird then. Like, why do you say balloon? But bring it back. I would say like to a balloon. You thought I'd say doorknob. Like, uh, like yeah, play no, on could, the audiences because yeah. there you think you're going there. I thought yeah. when that whole thing happened, like when you said the balloon, I thought like your mother was just really gentle, you know, with like she removing your teeth. a gentle woman. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's some, okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I should I should have kind of a term because like it, it is like a, it is kind of a joke on its own when I say the string part and I just need to find it like a twist. Well, then it. even what you, you could even, was, oh, go ahead. What if it was attached to a doorknob that was attached to a balloon? Uh, a balloon that was attached to a doorknob. It'd be a, you know, a complicated mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, if, the balloon's completely pointless. It's just that's true. there. But yeah. if you used a balloon on a tooth instead of a doorknob, would that be more, or would that, would that just be annoying to be the kid that has a balloon in your mouth? That would like, be Like all day, like, you know, you could, turn it around from she put the finger around my she put the balloon around my finger you thought I was going to say doorknob no she put the balloon around my my tooth too or the finger and the balloon around my tooth too and it was better and I feel like you need an example oh, after sorry. after your fingers are in braces which I really enjoyed like with this all this thing of your funky fingers I'd like a list of things that you can't do in high, junior high anyways that are oh, awkward yeah. like you can't write a five paragraph essay like no one can write a five paragraph essay but now you really can't because oh, you can't well, use your finger thing, like uh, you say you can't eat corn on the cob sure because that's something you actually can't do with teeth braces and you can't do with yeah uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. There's also like this moment where like, like I've, I've had braces and nobody's ever walked up to me and like grabbed my teeth and said, you're really grown, but a handshake, you know what I mean? Like you oh, can fucking yeah. tell like, Oh, you're a growing boy just by like holding somebody's, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, describing like it poorly, that. but yeah, no, there's no, no I should, I should do some other examples with that, but yeah. Um, so, so when you're talking about like cutting off the fingers, I thought you were going to going to get into cutting off hands. And I was thinking, oh. um, the character in the Adams family, that's the hand. Oh, you yeah. know they have that pet hand and you're like oh yeah oh, you yeah. know and then that's that's what my hand's gonna be for Halloween yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. or like countries where people cut off their hands or like oh you know yeah, you go through that's a rebellious yeah. you know <laughs> where you're like stealing bread get your hand cut off that's okay another one grows back you learn your lesson yeah yeah um yeah, and I like I love the golf and stripper one, and I wanted the old golf dudes to have stripper names like Bob, ah, um, yeah, yeah. like just more parallels with the strippers could be really. I funny. do like that. Yeah, I do like that. Sweet. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good stuff, Appreciate Peter it. Balmer. Yay! Well, thank you guys. Thanks for all staying. Um, I should I should do a set, but uh, whatever. I'm, my kitten's back here, and he's being all Heidi and, and poopy, so I'm just going to collect him. He hasn't pooped yet, so it's fine. Uh, but thank you guys so much for being here, and thanks for staying the whole time and giving each other great comments. This has been Joke Workshop. It's every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to end a little early today. That's fine. Hey, please apply to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It is open until the 30th of this month, only $15 to apply. It's a great festival coming up in March. The next show is FTW, Forever Two Wheels. Yay. And if you want to get a podcast here at Mutiny Radio, it's only five or 500 I wish it was 500 bucks a month. It's only $100 a month. And uh, you can do your own thing here too, which is a lot of fun. But this has been a really great joke workshop. And I really, um, every week is different. And every week depends on the comics that are here and the comics that participate. And you guys are all awesome participators for tonight. So give yourselves a hand. Yay. 
And uh, good luck at the rest of your sets tonight. I know there's a lot of them, so get out of here, you crazy kids. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on MutinyRadio.fm. Got the paparazzi still in my face. And you know I'm up next. I ain't even playing with this rap game. Then it gets signed and you know what happened. Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th. 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? 
We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Submixers are gone and I'm going to talk. FTW is coming up next. What would it do? Vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. A 
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme. We might watch... My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off, for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) How exciting for you, Mutiny Radio listener. There are six new shows here at MutinyRadio.fm. Monday nights at 10 o'clock, it's time for free phone sex. 415-550-0511. Yes, call in for free phone sex. You will be recorded. It is a podcast, but will that phone sex be free? Absolutely. 10 a.m. Mondays, it's time for Everyday Conversations on Race with Everyday People. With Sima Lieberman, Everyday People, talking about race every week. Different everyday people talking about race. On Tuesdays, 10 o'clock, it's spiritual psychology with Renee McKenna. Meditate, it'll heal ya. Then, at noon, stick around, Sergio Novoa brings you my limited view, talking about all things from his perspective. Then, on Thursdays, from 8 to 10, It's time for Beyond Your Comprehension with Clem. Exciting new shows here at Mutiny Radio. Also the IC Podcast. That's the Imprint City Podcast coming soon. MutinyRadio.fm. New shows. You can have one too. Contact director at MutinyRadio.fm to find out more details. Check us out at mutinyradio.fm.
creep to the door I say for who are you looking Says your wife I say she's busy in the kitchen cooking <laughs> Thank you.
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied sedately. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Angelo How long? Lamenti. About 40 years. Have you been in prison too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, in prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, prison diary. Arrested at Tukvin Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison, Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the wall, darts its rays against the gate. Once awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell, how lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours, we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. 
waking and brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock. The cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind are languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt. Let me 